comic book pit. Okay. This episode is brought to you by Pittsburgh Comics, recently named one of the best comic book stores by the Pittsburgh City Paper. Pittsburgh Comics is the premier comic shop in the South Hills of Pittsburgh, located in McMurray, conveniently near Route 19 and Route 79. Pittsburgh Comic carries a large collection of new and back issue comics, trade paperbacks, graphic novels, games, statues, action figures, and more. Don't forget Comics Perks. With the Comics Perks program, you can earn points on every purchase you make in the store. You get a point for every dollar spent, and every 100 points can be redeemed for $10 off a future purchase. Go to PittsburghComics.com for more, or follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All right. Hello, and welcome to the Comic Book Pit Podcast. This is episode 369. I'm Dan, yes. and with, yeah, 369. With me tonight, I've got Scott. Perks. Who's talking about perks? <laughs> and Jared. Hello. At the Comic Book Pit, every week we read some comics and talk about various topics, usually but not always comic-related. Here's a spoiler warning. This is a review show, and we try not to give too much away, but sometimes it happens in the course of our discussion. So We exclusively discuss the end. That's right. Just the last page. This is this is the la- last page pit. <laughs> yeah. Spin-off show. And just uh, if you're new to the show, um, we do have a patreon that helps support the show you can check that out at patreon.com slash comic book pit we've got uh, a level for everybody so please check it out and and uh consider joining the team because the they're on the way <laughs> a week and a half we can right. have comic book pit comics will launch right. on comic book pit patreon yeah that's right next month the uh the wait is over the web comics are coming by our very own Jared and Mr. Sean Atkins, who yes. is not on the sh- on this episode, but he is on the our alternating episodes in the remainder of 2020. But maybe next year, I'm thinking of throwing my hat back into the ring. Nice. So I got a couple of things I'm working on. Nice. So, yeah. I'm, Dan, I'm thinking of a catchphrase for your character. If they're using that character. And I don't know if it's like hi-fi semperfy. Oh. Sci-fi semperfy. I like sci-fi semperfy. That's pretty you got awesome. Fies. Yeah. That is aw- you uh, you are the the phrase coiner. Yeah. What I do. Absolutely. What I do. If if only, if only there was a way to uh earn from that. But that it could weaponize this power somehow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take down the free road with catchphrases. <laughs> well, you could write jingles, you know. I mean, there's all. I, you, you, I could, and you yeah. say that you say that like tongue in cheek, but no, I, I do roam around the house and sing little jingles. Yeah. Usually add a uh, a uh, dirty tag to the end of them all. But <laughs> look, I I guarantee probably at every ad agency there's some guy whose sole purpose is just to come up with catchphrases i would imagine i mean it's got to so. be some someone's the director of catchphrases and jingles <laughs> that's right catchphraseology yeah gotta take it to the lab fellas i'll be back <laughs> back at five <laughs> we we kind of uh, inadvertently started a a new segment on the show and this is uh i guess we're just calling it image flashbacks until 
until Jared can, I'm working on it. Yeah. Yeah. Until Jared can come up with a better name. <laughs> so a couple weeks ago, we talked about the first uh, four issues of Jim Lee's Wildcats. And then this week, yes, uh, we, we picked up, Scott and I picked up the first issue of Union. Unintentionally, but uh, yeah, we, we didn't set out to do this as a, as a thing on the show. Right. But, but it's happening. Well, we, you know, from our last episode that we discussed, you know, buying comic packs, we kind of got jazzed. We were at Ollie's and we bought, you know, the 10 packs, you know, you get like 10, 10 comics for $6 or whatever. It's like, can't mm-hmm. say no to that. And, you know, Union was on the, you know, it's like, ooh, shiny cover, you know, Mark Texi era art. It's like, all right, I'm in. I'm so, so was Union the front, the back, or the gut? The front. Union was the front. Oh, all yeah. right. So, you, Scott, you have no one to blame but yourself then. Exactly. You said this was unintentional. <laughs> well, this, this segment's unintentional until I read the book, and then I'm like, now nah, I need to go vent on, on the show. But uh, because <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty terrible. Uh, and yeah, it's not great. It's I, um, I wanted it. I wanted to be better, but I it's terrible. No, I'm sorry. You said Mark Teixeira on the art. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, well he's and who a, wrote he's it. Co-creator. Um, Mark uh, Te- Mike Heisler. Yeah, Mike Heisler and Mark Teixeira are the uh, co-creator. Oh, no, Oh, actually, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I misspoke. I assume Mark Texiera was the co-creator. Jim Lee was the co-creator along with Mike Heisler. So this is a Wildstorm uh, right. homage well, joint? Sort of. Well, I guess it's in the, like that, that family of books because in the first few pages, Stormwatch shows up. Yeah, this is what – this is like a – I think a weird thing about the origins of Image Comics and especially – like with Jim Lee, that he really wanted to do everything crossover, but I, but I think right off the bat, that's where this story suffers, because it's you're 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 breaking out a brand new number one book for a, an individual character, and he immediately gets lost in in the lineup of Stormwatch. Well, it's I like, think so. This was definitely part of the second wave because it's it came out in '93. Mm-hmm. So Stormwatch, I guess, was well. No, well, I guess maybe Stormwatch came out in the second wave too. Of of image, so I yeah, I guess that is kind of weird to put them to lump them together right off right off the bat. Not if you're trying to. I mean, I guess you're not coming for the Stormwatch and staying for the Unity, but <laughs> if everyone's sampling, then when did you say that Unity was? What year? Union was Union yeah, Unity. What the fuck? Ninety ninety three. Yeah. Yeah. Stormwatch was March of ninety three. Yeah, so March to, to June. Oh yeah, this was June, so it's this was yeah, just okay, so barely barely after yeah. the yeah. So yeah, and this is you know, the the story seems pretty pretty straightforward. It's a it's a alien who falls to earth story who, you know, he's to you know, stop a big bad and I guess he's like a uh some sort of soldier or because his, his, his costume is not a costume. It's a, it's a uniform. Like he's part of a, uh, and I'll, I'll just say that's, that's exactly the problem. Like the way you're describing it is like how your brain is trying to read it. 
You know, like it doesn't, there's no flow to this book. And mm-hmm. like you pull, you pull those details out forcibly. Like you have to. Yeah. It, so much dialogue about nothing. Um, and most of the story is told in flashbacks. So it's like, okay, it's an, again, it's a number one issue that starts with another team where they're like, oh, should we trust them? And it's like the reader has to, like, let the reader buy in first, you know? Mm-hmm. And then let Stormwatch buy in. And then, then there's this girl that's like, should I trust him? And he's like, well, let me tell you my sad story. <laughs> and then that's a flashback. I'm like, holy smokes. Like, when, you know, when's the actual stuff going to happen in the book? But then it doesn't really happen too much because then they're just like, well, Stormwatch got called away, you know, and I'm like, wait, yeah. what? <laughs> and yeah. And the, the art is, it's, it's really, it's, it's almost like a tale of two artists. It's like, yeah. there's good Texiera and then there's just God awful Texiera. And it's something that, where did we, dis- did we talk? No. Oh, this spoiler for something I might mention. Or, well, I'm going to mention now that I wasn't going to mention, but I'm going to mention is, did you see the, I got to, I got to mention it. The walking dead, the walking dead deluxe. So they're reissuing the the walking dead series. Oh, they're in in color, right? Full color. Now, and this is going to tie back into union, but um, there's a lot of notes in here from uh, Kirkman and, and like the advice he got from, you know, Eric Larson savage dragon himself and one of the things he advised you know he was advising him like when you go when you write a story he's like you started out so that or well for one thing your even page should always be like the page turner so like if you're on page one you want to have some shock on page two because that's you flip to it but he but for larson he said you do the page turner to two but it's a double page spread to two and three. Then you turn to page four. Now you've got your audience hooked because now they're four pages into the book. And Kirkman was like, Hey, I like that idea. And you know, he really tried to make his stories breed that way. So I'm, I, this is in my head while I, I read that. And then I read union now. And sure enough, it, it follows that, you know, there's a little bit of a soft opening then it opens up to this big intro to Stormwatch. Mm-hmm. And then on page four is the page turner. And it's like, my name is Union. Yeah, and he's just there. And then they yeah, get it. You're right. And and I was like, holy crap, this is like image 101 right here. Um, the only problem is, is then the, then it really does melt down. And you, you look at like you look at the panel, the panel counts and the and the amount of internal dialogue blooms and you're mm-hmm. just like what is you know like without even reading it you're like what's going on in this yeah that's why well i think that's that's uh, an epidemic in all early image was it was they were almost all severely overwritten yeah <laughs> and, you know and I, they all wanted to be you know they, they all wanted to be the the, the, the next amazing writer artist and that's what it was. Is like I, I thought, you know, I remember reading this book and couldn't I couldn't remember why I didn't like it, but now I actually know. And especially as more a more seasoned reader, <laughs> these things are like glaring, 
glaringly bad. Um, Do they explain the glow sticks? No, not really. They're just like that's his. That's his. Weapon. Just his weapon. Yeah. They're, you know the the interdimensional time cops that they are, or whatever they whatever they are. Um, I'll carry them, and I also like that too because it's like his name is generic. Which even I, I wish I could find the panel. But there's actually a panel where he's like, "Name myself Union. That'll do." You know, like he's just like, it's just like I, I know my name's crap. I don't even care. Mm-hmm. And and then like and then you're you're already they're already introducing like there's a whole core of these Union guys somewhere. And I'm like, okay, you know, like Green Lantern has the Green Lantern core, but they didn't just like run out in the first issue and go like, oh, there's a hole. Or maybe they did. I don't remember. You know, I wasn't around. <laughs> but, uh, no. Yeah, no, right? It was just about Hal Jordan, probably, or the original Green Lantern. But it was like pretty much like, hey, let's just talk about this guy and then we'll, you know, bring in all that other stuff. And this, they just try to throw it all at you. Does it say at all why sometimes his staff is green and sometimes it's and most of the time it's yeah. blue or nope okay to, to mood ring yeah not explained um, maybe it has to do with his justice stone yeah I was confused by that too and then, actually you know it might because his sometimes his justice stone is it's green when his staff is green and it's blue when his staff is blue okay yeah maybe I, with subsequent issues or. Yeah. Well, that was well, back next month to figure out <laughs> how this color scheme yeah. works. The other thing I noticed too is like Tex, Texas. I really loved Texiera back on Ghost Rider, like in the '80s. Like mm-hmm. he was the best. Um, but like this book looks like he traced uh, panel layouts from somebody else. Like sometimes, not every not every page, but sometimes. Yeah, sometimes it does look like yeah, it's like, like it's McFarlane or it's Jim Lee or. You know, some or maybe Eric Larson. You know, maybe somebody else just sketched this book out and he finished it. Like, yeah. But it feels like different artists worked on this book, and that's why you were saying that text looks like different artists. But it actually does makes me think that maybe they just sketched it all out and then he fin- it finishes. You know, I don't know. Well, I it's, they it's definitely. Weird. They definitely should have had someone else do the do the inks because his he's got such a heavy hand. Oh yeah, he's very heavy on this. with with the inks. It's really sometimes they're the it's so dark that yeah. it's ridiculous. I don't know. Were there subsequent issues of this? No, and that's what I I can't even remember if there was. I, I was researching it earlier, and there were. It wasn't a single issue. Um, I'm not quite sure how long it went on. Though. There was at least four with a zero. Hmm. Is it one through four and then a zero issue? Which I think uh, was by a different creative team <laughs> or different art team. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm just looking in the uh, the very last page. It's the they already have a uh, letters column or well not a letters column but it's uh, kind of the the writer saying, Hey, welcome. And this is the, this is the title of our letters. It's re colon union. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. And in the like third to last paragraph, it already says as for the lateness of this book. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, 
this is the first book. This is the first issue, and you're already yeah. How's your first issue late? I, mean, I guess it's possible, but I guess I mean if it was if it was solicited and then just never mm. came out. But it's uh, I think it does have to show. It, it's a good sign of the times where back then, you know, all they had to do was get a book out and they made a million. You know, like they were just oh yeah. I mean that was like mad. You know. I think I, I I told you guys about uh, in the nineties when I took a non-credit comic drawing class with taught by Don Simpson mm-hmm. for uh, through CCAC. Yeah. And when he was kind of int- like first day, he was kind of introducing himself and you know, he had like a, he brought like a, a spread of his comics, like both his self-published and there was some image stuff there and like his megaton man versus Savage Dragon and um, Splitting Image, I yeah. think. And I, I, I think like during a break, there was someone who went up and was talking to him, and it was asking about Image and his, or his experience. And he goes, he picked up one issue, and he's like, "This basically p- paid for my blah blah blah," like, <laughs> or like I was able to buy a brand new, like Pony. industrial size color printer with the sales from this one issue. Oh, nice. So, I mean, yeah, it was, I killed a brick and mortar comic shop. With just this one issue. <laughs> yep. It was a license to print money. Yeah. It was the, the salad yeah. days. Meanwhile, now there's a pallet of them. Yeah. And, so, uh, if there was a, so yeah, if there was a uh, catchphrase for union, I would just say, you know, union, it it works, you know. Like that's the, that's the name. Like the name union, it works. I don't know. Union, it works. Yeah. I don't know if there's a good catchphrase for that. But. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know if this book is deserving of a catchphrase. That would be fun. Like every time you defeated like the the villain of the month, and you'd be like, "That works." <laughs> yeah. Good job, Union. You beat Doctor Overlord. You're like that works. That works. I think Union is going to be somebody that's like a multiple manpower, you know, or something like that. I'm sure that yeah. they were probably just like, they, they might have just called him Cash Grab. Or, and and yeah. he's like, all right, so he's like Superman, but he's got lightsabers, and we're just going to like roll in the money. Yeah. Is that yeah. that for the Max on the back? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, what a great image of from Sam Keith. Mm-hmm. Max. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you what, though. I've. Uh, that was my book. This, here's a little uh, bonus review sneak in here. Uh, so the fourth issue of the Max and Batman no. came out this week after it just fell off the face of the earth. Hmm. And it is. I mean, yes, it's Sam Keith. And so you sort of like, oh, just look at this. But it is. It is like the most like. <laughs> laziest laid out comic <laughs> like, okay. oh no I haven't read it I actually have not read any of them yet I have it all. is it just you know how they say like McFarlane would just draw pictures and then put a story together yeah that's what this feels like uh, and like here's just like some pinups and I'm gonna like try and make something out of it <laughs> like it's nice to look at but it is just like oh no mm-hmm I'll tell, you, 
I love uh, I love Sam Keith because of all the exaggeration, but I can't stand his Batman rendition. <laughs> like the chin, the chin that just flies. Yeah, out. that's why. Like uh, I, same thing. Like I I really appreciate his style, but I appreciate it in his creator owned stuff like the max or right. like when he does more abstract kind of work. But when he was doing the covers for Marvel comics presents, Oh, they were, they I were I could not get on board with those. And, and I know that's kind of how he got a little bigger because of his, mm-hmm. his renditions of like Wolverine and yeah. See, but, I really like those. Yes. Yeah, I, I just, I couldn't get into those. That man, that man is the one I don't like. I don't really like how he, I'll just say there's yep. so much white space yeah. on these pages. It's, oh. Didn't even didn't even try. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sam. That'll do. <laughs> Come on, Sam. You're yeah, better than that. So. Which funny though, they did release a trade of one through three, and there's like a meta textual joke on the cover. <laughs> like like where the hell's the rest of this series? And it's like, <laughs> like got me in the max like saying that and he's like got a drawing board working furious. <laughs> so there's awareness. So you know I Yeah. How well how long of a series is this supposed to be? I would have to I don't know how long it's supposed to be. And I would have to look and see when issue three came out. I thought it was either five or six. I guess it would have to be six. I mean it's it, it, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I honestly don't know. I feel like it could be winding down, but who knows? It's not really following a structure. It's weird anymore. that they put out a collection after three issues. I guess they were really under pressure. It was just like, remember, this is a thing. Yeah, to put something out just to keep it alive. But then issue four came out like right afterwards. <laughs> but maybe that's why. Maybe because it had been so long. That yeah. Well, and and that's that's not uncommon. Like yeah. That. 2018. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. So it's been like two years. Yeah. Issue three. Well, right. Because it, it just maybe makes me think that a lot of times, like, um, we'll get review copies and like, for, for example, um, we got, uh, review copies of the newest volume of the, uh, rat Queens trade paperback and the issue immediately following that trade paperback. So it's like you can, so it's, it's like, it, you know, you, people get hooked with the, that trade and then like, Oh, the next issue is right here. So I, w- I just wanted to get this right about, about union. This is the catch. This is the, this is the, the air quotes catchphrase for union. It will serve. I was going to I saw that. That's it. That's it what will, I was trying to remember. It will serve. It will serve. <laughs> Union, it will serve, you know. Yes, like those guys were like, "This is it. This <laughs> is it. like legacy wealth." Yeah. <laughs> or union, it is a comic book. <laughs> yeah. It could, yeah, it will suffice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> union, big. it'll it, it'll fit well in a multi pack. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Union, great cover. <laughs> I do like the cover. I mean, for for yeah, for as much as it's a, a complete gimmick, I I do it. It is striking. Yeah, that's mm. what I, that's why I wanted to like it so much. Yeah, the cover is is awesome. But then we made the mistake of actually opening the book up. 
Oh, that's early image in a nutshell. All sizzle, no steak. Yeah. And uh, you know what? And, and weirdly, it made me a little um, little nostalgic for Stormwatch. That was kind of like a, an underdog book oh, that, yeah. I, I, that I, I did like for a while when it was, um, when it was yeah. coming out. Stormwatch got its legs, you know, and then it, it ran for quite a while, which was nice. Yeah, it went like into like the the forties, I think. Of course, by then, by the time it it ended, I think that's when Warren Ellis took over, and that's when he he worked his magic and created basically the authority. Planetary. Yeah, planetary authority. Yeah, that's when he he created like Jenny Sparks and yeah. Apollo and the Midnighter and yeah. So yeah, yeah, that was a yeah. Dang it! Now I kind of want to reread those. <laughs> well, join us on next next segment. Yeah. <laughs> be careful, Scott. <laughs> All right. Well, this will probably be a good a good place to stop and take a quick break and talk about our sponsor or other sponsor for this episode, Thriftburg. This week's episode of Comic Book Pit is brought to you by Thriftburg. Do you need a gift that's more interesting than a gift card? Are you looking to reclaim a piece of your childhood? Thriftburg is your online stop for all things vintage and nostalgic. From the 1950s to the 1990s, they have everything from retro kitchen, dining, and barware to action figures, games, books, pop culture, collectibles, and more. Comic Book Pit listeners also get 10% off their purchase of $20 or more with coupon code COMICBOOKPIT. That's all one word, COMICBOOKPIT. So visit thriftburg.com and check out their hundreds of unique vintage items. Okay, we are back. Thanks again to to Thriftburg for sponsoring this episode. And uh, got some comics to talk about. I was going to go first, if that's okay. That's cool, because I'm uh, redeeming that uh, coupon code. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, uh, yeah, and to to, uh, steal Jared's uh, phrase from uh, pre-show, this is a uh, Tom King twofer. This is uh, Rorschach number one is the first book I was going to mention, and it's his uh, Tom King... And Jorge Fornes, I believe, is the That's artist. how I say it. Yeah. Fornes. 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 And uh, Colors by Dave Stewart. And first issue, I don't know how many issues this is going to be. Normally. Is it 12? Is it a maxi? It doesn't say. Um, oh, well, then again, I, I have the digital copy, so I don't know if it says on a physical copy. But um, either way, this is this is picking up. Uh, 35 years after the the giant squid incident in New York City in the pages of Watchmen, killing thousands and destroying people's trust in heroes, etc. And so, yeah, so 35 years later, modern day, a someone dressed up as Rorschach reappears as an assassin trying to kill a presidential candidate and... And it, it's kind of neat. This the, the book has ties to obviously the source material, which is Watchmen, but the HBO TV series. That's There's, um, 
I noticed now how deep is go is it just the President Redford bit? Yeah, I, I I think they were hesitant to go to make it tied too deep to it. I think they just mentioned President Redford. Yeah. Um, if you go too deep, then your titular character is a symbol for white supremacy. Yeah, that's not good. So <laughs> Like uh, Proud Boys, the comic. Oh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> stand back and stand by. Jeez. <laughs> oh, so, um, so the 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 first issue is, it's actually for a Tom King book, it's pretty low key. Um, there isn't really, I mean, the I feel like like the the inciting incident happens immediately, and the rest of the book is a police detective trying to put some pieces together. And it, it it's funny because, because the cover, like the, I, I love the cover because it looks like it's an old pulp novel uh, mm-hmm. paperback and the, the art again, Jorge Fornes is, is great. And uh, you know, Dave Stewart coloring is great. The, um, but the, the, the feel of the book is like it's a like some sort of like seventies murder mystery with kind of like the the fashion and just the way you know people look hairstyles et cetera technology but then again, I guess it's supposed to be in the modern day because they they mention make mention of the internet, so it's kind of a thirty five years post. Yeah, it's a weird kind of. Uh, the, the New York incident would be 2020, so. Yeah. So, um, not terribly a lot happens in this book. Like I said, it's it is interesting. It's a it it it's a it's a pretty good read, but not. Um, like I said, there's no like. It's introductory. Yeah, yeah. There's no like. And, uh, gasp it, moment. Um, gasp moment. No, I mean they trying bait you with that that cliffhanger at the end um when i was reading it you know you mentioned an hbo show it felt like reading an hbo show mm-hmm. like just the the panel compositions and the beats and what's happening i felt like it was just like watching one of those programs um what, what I, the part that i found the most enjoyable was the um uh likening the rorschach character to steve ditko yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, I did catch that. That was kind of interesting. I don't know where it's going and what it's doing, but I was able to. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to be cynical about it. It'd be easy to be cynical about it. And mm-hmm. anything Watchmen related, it's very easy to be cynical. Yeah. About it. I'm going to choose not to be. No, same uh, here. Like, I don't I don't feel any kind of like I don't feel defensive about the Watchmen as a property. As far as I'm concerned, they can do with it what they want. It's like I'm not going to get up in arms and be like, no, no, you know. Just be entertaining. That's really what yeah, I ask. Just, just don't be bad, which is what we ask of any comic. Yeah, you know. But so I thought uh, that was interesting. I thought that was a unique spin. There's, there's definitely a like a, a story here that there that, that there's a lot more story to be told. So, um, it'll just be yeah. Like I said, I, I don't know how. I don't. How, I do want spoiler alert. So if if you care about such things, plug your ears for the next ten seconds. Okay, 
So if issue two opens up and we find out that Dr. Manhattan blew him up and he turned into a reclusive comic book artist, mm. I'm 50 50. I'm 50 <laughs> 50 if that's what they're going to say. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want him to have survived. Yeah, the original Rorschach to come back. It, but they're making it feel like that because the man in the Rorschach costume that was murdered in the uh, beginning in the alleged uh, assassination Prince attempt. Match. That's the cliffhanger, like the Prince match. Yeah, like, yeah. His he, he's he's an old man, but his yeah his 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 Prince match that of Walter Kovac. Yeah, the yeah the original Rorschach. So it's definitely a head scratcher. But yeah, that's easily could be page issue two, page one could absolutely just dismiss that or write it. You know, mm-hmm. oh, that's why you know it, it is. It's a cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, and then the second part of my Tom King twofer, Strange Adventures number six. This one, um, it, it wasn't bad. But at the same time, I felt like absolutely nothing happened to propel the story. It, it's meandering a little bit. I yeah, it, in there. Like I like, I like me some Tom King, but I could not hang in with that book. I was like, after like three issues, I, <laughs> I was out. It was funny because I'm I'm reading this, and they made mention of the the person that was murdered in the first issue, and I actually forgot about that. I'm like that that's <laughs> oh, the yeah, whole that's purpose. This is all about. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like they they haven't because they they haven't really made mention of that since since the early issues because now everything that Mr. Terrific is investigating is centered around Adam Strange and what he did on Ran against the the alien invaders and war crimes and it, I feel like it's it's kind of lost its way a little bit. It's just it's kind of meandered off course. Yeah. It's a little tantric. Yeah, and it's this. This is issue six of twelve, and I'm like, oh my yeah. god. That was the other reason. I was like, oh no, I'm out. <laughs> I think this this probably could have been six issues. Yeah. Um, if they had, unless know, like some they, shit happens in the next, unless it takes like a turn. Yeah, that's the Tom King magic number right mm-hmm. there. And and Warshack is twelve. I checked. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Which uh, and it, I don't know I I don't know these characters well enough so when she like threw herself at Mister Terrific like try and throw him off the scent I didn't know if that was in character out of character tacky or what I don't know that's the appeal of um, <clears throat> writing these characters for Tom King is that they're basically a blank slate you know I think they probably had most of their action in the like in the Silver Age. You know that, like, as far as you know, you know, str- you know, when Strange Adventures was a, like, the original Strange Adventures was a ongoing comic. I mean, it, but he was in that. Now let's let's circle back. Strange Adventures was that really a comic? Yeah. Adam Str- was Adam Adam Strange was in Mystery in Space, correct? Or was Adam Strange in Strange Adventures? Probably. Well, I don't know. Maybe both. I mean, I I don't know the the history of of either book, but. Um, I just assumed he was in Strange Adventures. You call but... yourself a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just, it, it, like I said, this just seemed like a, like how we kind of talk about filler episodes of TV shows. I think this is definitely like a filler issue. I feel like the only good thing about this issue was the art. The art continues to be 
outstanding on, you know, both yes. um, uh, Doc Shaner and Mitch Garrett's are just putting together a, a, a great, this is like career stuff, you know, and it, it just Alana, makes me, did you say Alana, the wife's name? I'm sorry. I, I interrupted a single. I, I think, yeah, I think it is. It is Alana. Okay. And started in Mystery in Space, reprints were ran in Strange Adventures. I'm sorry, you were okay. being poignant, and I just trampled on it. <laughs> That's okay. And you call yourself a podcaster. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I just, uh, I mean, and I'll, I'll keep getting this mostly for the art. I would say the it's like seventy percent art, thirty percent to see how the story ends. Yeah, I'll keep getting it too. I've come this far. Right. Yeah, exactly. Halfway. I'm not, I ain't a quitter, Duke. <laughs> hey, I got, I got other, other mountains to climb. Like I was like, Hey, I got, I got GI Joe arms to reattach here. Like, Lay off. I got yeah, spinoffs of the walking dead that may or may not be good. You know, the like this. These Have them cool. all in black and white. And I got to get them all in color. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Duke, what do you got going on? It's uh, the Black Widow. It's um, just self-titled Black Widow. They, I don't know why they put this book out, you know, from Marvel, but they were like, "Hey, we need we need a Black Widow book." And um, I'm a sucker for Adam Hughes covers, so um, the little deal I have at uh, at Pittsburgh Comics, one of our sponsors, um, he knows, like, just. Just put the Adam Hughes covers over there for Scott. Um, so, so I, so of course I, I pick it up, I read it, and I was like pleasantly surprised at how good this book was. Mm-hmm. Like good writing, good art, you know, like all good made, you know, like lifted it up. Um, I actually have issue two sitting in front of me, so I don't know if we want to, but probably talk about issue one a little more than two, but. Um, Basically, the the plot is um, that Black Widow's um, disappears. You know, she's supposed to check in with like Hawkeye and um, the Winter Soldier, and she doesn't check in. She just she's gone. Like she was on a mission. She, you know, and they find her. Um, I think living in Hollywood now. Like, but she basically uh, San Francisco. Yeah, basically, um, they spotted her on television, like during the news feed. She walked by in the background, and they're like, oh, my God. Um, you know, we haven't heard from her in months. Well, it turns out that she has this entirely new life where she's like a housewife with a, you know, with a family. And she has seemingly has no memory of her, uh, her previous work. Um, and that's the hook, because then Haw- it's Hawkeye and Winter Soldier, like, what do we do? You know, like they're like, you know, what are we going to do about this? Will, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it makes it, I, I just seem like a, like a really fresh, you know, restart um, where the character, you know, she gets to have a little more fun. You know, she's not as uh, dark and brooding, you know, with all these, you know, war stories in her head. She's kind of a clean slate. Um, but, by issue two, she she also finds out that she's able to kick ass, you know, like from muscle memory, and as well as build bombs in the bathroom or wherever, um, you know, unintentionally. And she's like, "Oh my god, what have I done?" 
Kind of like, uh, remember that, that Jita Davis movie, uh, long kiss. Good night. Yeah. Yeah. It is like that. Um, <laughs> but it's kind of cool. Like they do some really cool stuff because you know, they're spying on her and they're and um, uh, Hawkeye's like, I'm just going to go in, you know? So he just walks by the house and he's like, Hey, cool motorcycle, you know? And he just talks to her to see if she, she doesn't even know him, you know? And it's like, <laughs> So she meets like her husband, her kid, and or you know he's he's like, oh crap, this is weird. So they kind of leave it there. They let the mystery unfold naturally. Um, it looks like Arcade's probably behind it, but there's somebody behind him. So there's still a mystery there. Usually Arcade likes to play a game and see how people, you know, if they can survive his death traps or whatever. Mm-hmm. But on this one, it sounds like he's like you know hired help and he's not too happy about it either so which is another nice um you know look at that character too because i think arcade is always the same you know it's always the same plot device but at least in this one he's like he's just like i hate this job (laughs) you know he's like i don't want to do this but yeah he's got to get paid i thought that was a cool reveal at the end of the first issue when to see that he was you know, the mastermind, at least with part of it. Right. I mean, I mean, there's a guy behind the guy, but right. You know, but because yeah, it's fun when he, he pops up because you just, he, he's kind of like this X factor. Like he doesn't really have a, you know, like how every hero has like a nemesis, like a villain. Like it's, it's like, he's, he's everybody's, you know, he's just someone for hire. Like he's everybody's, Nemesis. I haven't, I haven't read anything with him ex- since the. It was that Avenger. It was that one. Uh, the, oh. The yeah. Island, all the care, all the uh, younger. It's it wasn't all the younger Avengers. Yeah, it was basically like. Um, and he had like a killer island. That yeah. they had to ride on. <laughs> it was like it was battle royale with with all the like teenage. Yeah. Was, uh, Marvel that was, heroes. That was a good series. Yeah, that was really good. Um, so he can be he can be used in a in a decent way um, outside of you know the the old um, you know fifties parlor kind of thing. I don't know, but uh, but yeah, definitely Black Widow is definitely a fun read. Um, very fresh. So. Yeah, that's um written by Kelly Thompson. She's she's yeah. putting out a lot of good stuff these days. Yeah, yeah, I should have mentioned that Kelly Thompson. Writing and Elena Casagrande as artist. Oh, and I also did podcast with Nick, didn't she? I don't know. Did she? Is am I thinking of the same person? Oh no, you're thinking of. Oh, I know who you're thinking of, and I can't think of her name. All right. Well, if it's not the same person, then never mind. Okay, Elena Casagrande. But I, the other thing I want to say about this book is a lot of it's very much normal, you know, normal everyday kind of scenes. But her her um, hand to hand combat action sequences are great. Mm-hmm. Like they're so they're so easy to follow instead of just being you know um, senseless you know whack whack kind of. But like there's you know the follow through and the panel to panel communication is is top notch. I really enjoyed in the the first issue the very first uh, action scene was like this two page spread. Mm-hmm. Where she, it was almost like a panoramic. Yeah. Where she started in one end, 
of the hallway and like just tore guys up from like one end of the hallway to the other and like ran along the walls and it it made me really want to see that like in a cinematic you know filming kind of thing Mm -hmm. um that scene like it really reminded me of uh you know daredevil's uh hallway battle hallway fight in uh the net oh yeah you know where it just kind of runs on and i'm like oh man would this look good (laughs) a run on uh scene Mm -hmm. yeah kudos who's next on the docket i guess it's me (laughs) there you go i'm busy busy looking up stuff on uh google (laughs) all right so i read a book i'm gonna go small press We've discussed Big Two Oak Tickets, Small Press. This is a book that I got. It's called uh, The Baboon, The Muscled Menace by uh, Bowtie Press. I got it as part of a Kickstarter package from the uh, creator, Jamie Jones. And I enjoyed it immensely. It was one of those things. So I, I'm, you know, so the Kickstarter ended. I missed it that he said like there was a second like survey to confirm the address. So I, I'd seen like on Instagram like the Kickstarter that the stuff was going out. And like every day I was going to the mailbox, like, is it here? Is it here? Is it here? <laughs> like three weeks go by. I'm like, what the hell? So I checked Kickstarter. Sure enough, there was a message to fill out the survey and confirm my address. Uh <laughs> so I did, which is always frightening because it's not the first time that's happened to me. I actually Years ago, paid five dollars for a mini comic that I never got because I never did this survey <laughs> on the address. And I was just like, "What the hell?" And they're like, "Oh." <laughs> um. So I did, and then Jamie Jones, I follow him on Instagram. The other day, it pops up that he's doing a live video, like a drawing of the Incredible Hulk. So I pop into the live video, and he's like, "Hey, Jared." He's like, "Put your book in the mail today." Just let you know, I'm like. So what an amazing time we live in oh. that technology allows such things. That is so cool. Um, and then it, it came over the week, like the one day I didn't run to the mailbox like right away. Yeah. And like, I it was like Saturday and I didn't go out till like Sunday to check the mail. Sure enough, it was there. <laughs> um, and I read it right away. And so the baboon is kind of, he's like a secret agent superhero type character. And uh, his sidekick is named Monkey Bones. It's his uh, orphan nephew. And he has like a team, kind of like, um, kind of uh, like the, the class, the the modern classic take on a superhero. Like there's the hero, and then there's the Star Labs crew, or the Arrow crew. You know, like uh, uh, Arrow and Flash have like that uh, team, like their support behind staff. the support staff. Scooby yes, Scooby Gang. <clears throat> Scooby Gang. Yeah, yeah. Let's, we'll use that. Go back even a little bit further. And he has a Scooby Gang. Uh-huh. And it opens with them like on a mission to retrieve some like uh, MacGuffin from like some like Doctor No Good Nick. I forget the name. I'm butchering it. But Bridge, it's like the characters are all just like very imaginative and and, and a little over the top. And like the t- you need everything you need to know. Like the team, like they don't go into the backstory, but they're there and they're introduced as like their roles. And it gives you what you need to know. And then there's like the nephew and there's backstory for him and it all flows very nicely. It's like to weave this story. And then like, it's this whole um, overall story is like this, like formula. Uh, this It's called Jekyll formula where it makes like, you know, crazy super soldiers and stuff. But the artwork, 
is fantastic. It's self-published. It looks great. The coloring was great. Uh, the story was a lot of fun. It was very engaging. Um, it's just really fun to get these types of stories, like particularly from like folks that are still uh, relatively early in their careers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I highly recommend it. I don't want to give away too much of the story because it kind of it takes a swerve like in the second act. Okay. So kind of, but like even the way the book was set up, it has like the little description on the back, like a proper book does, and stuff. Like the whole package was just a lot of fun. Right. Yeah. It, it it when you held it up like and showed us that like the front and the spine and everything, it really looks like it's really well put together. It's got so that smell. Money that well you like. <laughs> yes. That, that new book smell. Yeah, it's got that new book smell. Now, is it um. Is it only available through the creator or is it reached uh, comic stores yet? That's a fantastic question. And I do not have the answer to that. Okay. Um, well, I mean, people can, can look it up and yes. I'm sure there's information. It's a modern world. It's a modern world. People That's can right. Get it. Yeah. <laughs> they can go on the Googles. Yes. 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 Or the Instas. That's right. The IG. The Instas. Yeah. One for the gram. <laughs> Now, just the use of color. I know I kind of like rushed through it because I was just all like overjoyed to talk about it. That I it was probably the most one of my more incoherent reviews. <laughs> but um, it, it it was a lot of fun. It's really really good looking book, and just uh, everything about it is is top notch. I was impressed. Nice. Yeah, it's good to support. You know, indie creators like that, especially when they take the time to put out a really quality piece of work. I have like one or two mini comics I had gotten before. Oh, I forget now if it's one or two, but this is like the first like feature length, full colored, proper. Mm-hmm. There was another. This kit, the, the Kickstarter was actually in support of a crossover. Do you guys recall a book came out a couple months ago, Pink Lemonade? Um, Jim did a cover for it. Yeah, that sounds vaguely familiar. So that 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 guy and him, they did a crossover with their characters. Hmm. So the Kickstarter was actually for that book, and I just kicked up to like to the reward level where I get this. This book I have here, I think, came out like last year. Nice. So I got that one, uh, and, and that was good too. And it's the same things I said about this book. I'd say about that book. Um, it's just really fun characters in uh, quirky plots. Um, it's a lot of fun comic book storytelling. And these are like, these folks are, they're like the, I wouldn't say they're the generation be, below us. They're like 10 and 15 years younger than me. Mm-hmm. It's like it's a generation, like compared to old man Duke there. Yeah. It's a generation. <laughs> um, it's nice to see these youngsters coming up and, and showing their love of the, of the medium and telling stories in it and what they're doing with it. And it's got a bright future. These funny books. Yeah, it sounds like it. it sounds like something I w- will have to check into. Okay. Don't take my word for it. <laughs> well, that is all. That's all I have comic wise. I don't know if anyone else has anything. I I think we would be remiss. There was some news that came out this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, friend of the show, Dave Wachter, is uh 
doing an Iron Fist book. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I forgot about that. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about that. I am too. This is how Marvel wins me back. Yeah. Yeah. Hire people we know, Marvel, and we'll buy <laughs> your books. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it, 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 it's a funny dichotomy. It's like a relatively new talent in Marvel and an old talent in Marvel, like Larry Hama. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah, old yeah. school. And Dave, I mean, he's, it's, it's, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be really exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for Dave and I'm really excited for this project. Yeah. It looks good. Like the preview pages they put out look mm-hmm. stellar. So I will be purchasing this Iron Fist book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same here. Yep. And that's all aboard. Did they, they just said 2021 or the, the January? Day? I think it's January. Oh, okay. So that, cause we're getting now two solicits for, well, for January. Because the whole um, DC future state thing was in the news this week too, because that's where the solicits are getting to now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is life after 2020. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> Which I don't really have thoughts on the, the the. It's a two month thing, so I'm not. I don't really have any thoughts on it. I'll I'll buy this the the Superman books, the Superman. Uh, Warlord of Mars book looks pretty neat, but we'll see. I guess it's whatever was left over from when they were going to do fifth generation and then then so they're going to salvage it in some way. Yeah. So I don't have to pay everybody kill fees, which I didn't know that was a thing. That was an interesting thing to learn about. Um, in comics, I get they have something called a kill fee, which is if it doesn't get published, they throw them like a little extra on top. I guess it's in lieu of the royalties they're going to miss out on. Mm. that's that's interesting i well a i didn't know that existed in comics b i was just listening to a different podcast today where they uh, there was an interview with someone who was uh talking about their experiences in developing stories for like pbs and they were he and his partner were paid a certain amount of money up front to produce this story and then when they turned it in, it was decided they didn't want to air it. So they gave them money to same thing to kill it. And yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. I mean, no one talks about that. I mean, it's not like a, I, I like those like mundane details mm-hmm. of not just the comic book industry, but any industry. Yeah. Like I always like these uh, non-typical professions. I'm always curious, like how things work. Like, how do you get paid? Like when you're in a band like the Foo Fighters, do does like Dave Grohl come to rehearsals on Friday with everyone's paychecks? Like how does that work? Like what happens in the comics? Like how does all of those things work? Um, yeah, I, th- those things always have always fascinated me, and I, I really don't have a way to research them. But whenever they come across my radar, they always uh, raise my eyebrows. You should uh, you should watch the uh, movie what. The, the lead singer of Queen, Freddie Mercury. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you see that that movie? They talk, I did not. It's really good, but they actually do talk about that because there's a, you know, when he leaves the band for a while, and when he comes back, they talk about their rights. Uh, like the band talks about their individual rights and what who gets credit on what songs and stuff okay. like. Okay. Yeah, there's there's little nooks in there like that that. Uh, huh. That, uh, you know, 
how a band handles that that possession of songs and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Like you would think it's just like it's not just like ego for credit. It dictates how they get paid down the road. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like if you just play on a track, you only get something. But like when they like put it in a commercial though, like if you're the writer, I think like you get more or you might, you get something. And like, if you're just the bass player, you don't get squat. You got paid to play bass on the track and that's where it ends. But if you're listed as like the writer, I think then you are entitled to get, you know, royalties down the when it gets used in different. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, it is. It, it is fascinating. Like I said, it, it's something that never, no one ever really talks about. I guess. Oh, because it's kind of dry. It's only the drama that surrounds it that really garners yeah. attention. I mean, no, but there is no like VH1 special on like behind the accounting. <laughs> 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 Payday. How rock stars get. How do paid? the Foo Fighters get paid? You know, <laughs> no, <laughs> no <Yeah>. one cares <laughs> except for me because I'm just like I, I like mundane details about things. It's I like open. it because it grounds it. It takes. A, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, I was gonna say it grounds it. Like a couple years ago, there was like uh, someone came across like Andrew McCutcheon's pay stub, like one of the attendants. It was like at Wrigley Field, and like they're on the road, and they actually got like pay stubs. And this was like an eye opener too under this. Like it was Friday, they got their pay stub. You know, like when we used to get actual paychecks, yeah. you, there'd be the pay stub. Well, he, he like left his behind in the locker. And like a clubhouse attendant tweeted it out. I'm like, oh look, look at the, how like his deductions and his 401k and stuff like that. And all, wow. And it, I mean, it was like a 400 grand paycheck. Yeah. Like that pay period. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a pay stub, just like the rest of us get. Yeah. With all the like deductions listed and everything, and it was just paycheck. so. Did it? Did it have his PTO on there? Yeah. I don't. I forget now. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> how much? How much has rolled over? Yeah, yeah. And where's what he's accrued in the period? Oh, oh man, I'm running out of floating holidays. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be funny if they were just just like us. Like, oh man, I, I missed open enrollment. Now what am I gonna do? Yeah, now I'm stuck with what I had last year. But I, I had some life events. <laughs> do they qualify? <laughs> I wanted to change my 401k. I'm going to be late to the ball game tonight. You know, I got a you know, parent teacher conference, you know, so I'm not going to be there till the fourth inning. You know? Yeah. Can I just make up my innings like afterwards? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Okay. So, um, Moving off the rails. any, uh, any final thoughts, any final words, anything? Oh, I, I did confirm. Um, Kelly Thompson did indeed use to podcast with Nick. Oh, but she okay. did not host a podcast with Nick. Okay. She was just like a frequent guest. You know who I was thinking of? Sophie Campbell. Yeah. Okay. That's who I was thinking of. I was mistaken. He had a, a multitude of, of co-hosts. She was not a, uh, a titled one, but she was a frequent guest on the podcast. Yeah. You are right. Do not doubt me again, Daniel Greenwald. I pff, never again. I have learned my lesson, sir. Our Google compels you. Yeah. <laughs> Consider me schooled. You want to call down the thunder. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, <laughs> you have been listening to the Comic Book Pit podcast. This has been episode 
369, the old 369. Don't forget, you can find us all over social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can listen to us just about anywhere. Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, probably the AM radio in your mom's Google, basement. Google. I Googled the show, and I listened yeah. to it through Google. Yeah, Google Play, I think, was an I, option. I don't know. It was just like, play the show, and I was like, all right, cool. There you and go. Play See? it through Google. Just say uh, it into the ether and it will right. come down from the heavens. <laughs> just yell out comic. Just yeah. Here's what you do. Wait till there's a full moon, strip down naked, go out into the woods and just yell out comic book pit. <laughs> and, and we will appear. We'll show up. <laughs> and, and, and tell you what we think about this week's comic. We'll, we'll set up a folding table and just sit down and start talking comic books. And it's going to be awkward because you'll be naked. Um, and uh, check out the show notes. You can find out where you can support us on, uh, on our Spreadshop store. You can make donations to our Kofi account. And once again, you can join our Patreon super army. So that is it. Thank you so much for listening. My name's Dan. And with me tonight, we've got Scott. It will serve. <laughs> <laughs> and Jared. That'll do. <laughs> Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.